Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Tuesday, April 25th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part with the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home. That has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Puinick, Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us on this fine Tuesday here in the Eastern Panel. A little cold one this morning, had a frost advisory, uh, but we're playing baseball, t- or we're broadcasting baseball tonight. They're playing baseball tonight. I mean, you never know. We may end up on the field at some point playing. That's true. They did play some baseball last night here in the Eastern Panhandle, uh, and across the state some teams did. Um, but it was last night at at uh, the what do you call it the, the nest, Nick? Yeah, it just you can feels, call the nest. The, the nest. Baseball Ian complex. Wolf hit a walk off double to left field to beat Allegheny out of Maryland eight to seven. The Eagles now are now sixteen and five. Jefferson beat Frankfurt fifteen to two in six innings. Riley Morgan went two for three at the mount on the excuse me went two for three at the plate with three RBIs. The Cougars are now seventeen and four. Musselman fell to East Hardy. 5-4, to four, now set at 18-7. and seven. Spring Mills fell to clear spring out of Maryland, 11-0 in six innings. Cardinals now fall to 4-15. and 15. Uh, Biggest thing that I take away out of all that, out of those four games that happened last night, is Musselman fell to East Hardy. Yeah, I mean, East Hardy, clearly a team that's gotten a lot better. They now knocked off both Martinsburg and Musselman this year, so uh, while on paper that looks like a bad loss, it might not be as bad as it would have been last year at the beginning of this year. So it seems like East Hardy has, has definitely come on. I mean, it's definitely a surprising loss. You would expect yeah. Muslim to take care of business in that one. But um, still, you know, I mean, you're going to have your non-conference losses from time to time. Uh, the Appleman were absolutely rolling just a few weeks ago. They've had a few losses here and there as of late. Uh, but they've been playing a lot more games, you know, consistently. So that could be affecting things, and I think Musselman will be fine though until they uh, consistently, you know, slip up in the EPAC. Then maybe you get a little bit worried. But if they're able to, you know, bounce back from these last couple of games that haven't gone their way and get some good wins here to end the season, I think Musselman will still be, you know, the favorites potentially in Section One. But um, you know, it's it's a time of the year where you want to be playing your best baseball and and a loss to East Hardy while East Hardy probably has made some improvements or has definitely made some improvements from last year uh it's definitely a questionable loss on your resume if you're the Appleman so um you know we'll see how these teams play here down the stretch because it looks like maybe Martinsburg even though they did also just lose to East Hardy maybe they're starting to put some things together potentially uh they at least should have a positive week in terms of wins and losses with their schedule this week uh hampshire tonight should be a win for martinsburg and they should be able to beat berkeley springs so um that's at least two wins and uh we'll see what happens the rest of the week but um i'm interested to see you know how this thing plays out because while based on the entire season you know we look at musman and hedgesville as being kind of the two teams in the section one that have 
played the best all season, but if they start to slip up and maybe Martinsburg or even, you never know, Spring Mills could heat up here toward the end of the year, I mean, that could be the momentum that you need to carry you into the sectional tournament and make a big run. So these next couple of weeks are very important, even though those teams we thought well, had already kind of solidified themselves. It's really just the, this week. Yeah, I guess it's only about a week. Well, it's just this. the rest of this week. Do you know why? Why is that? Because, as we talked about, they switched over in basketball. They haven't switched over in baseball yet. Uh, the voting is due next Tuesday for the regional sectional seedings here in the EPAC. Right, but you'll still have your momentum carrying you next week. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, but there's still a few games that'll be left out of the, not I guess, very voting. many. Uh, not many. No, Muscleman Washington will some. be left out, and I want to say that's almost maybe one more game because Martinsburg and Jefferson play on Monday, and that's yeah, the that's last Monday conference night, though, game. But are, are the votes already going to be in by then? Because you said it's due Tuesday. Will some coaches be holding off to see that game, or will they already have submitted votes because they don't want to be late? I don't know. I I think they should do what they did in basketball and just switch to this head. I do too, but we're at a time of the year, and especially it's for weird that there's Muslim. not just a set rule by the, state? Yeah. the SSAC across the state to determine how the sectionals. Well, in the Mountain played. State Athletic Conference, they play a tournament to set up for the tournament. That's even dumber. They count they, like they <laughs> playing two tournaments. The teams only play, play like twenty something games, I think. They yeah. make their teams cap at 25 games so they can play something like, I don't know the exact number. And then they play a seeding tournament to seed the tournament. Yeah, I don't like that, that either. That doesn't but. make any sense. But it, it's weird. But I was going back to just talk a little bit about Musselman, who we said was probably the surprise of yesterday losing to East Hardy. But that's the beauty of baseball, right? We didn't expect them to just continue a – winning streak baseball it's always about ups and downs whether it's in the game or just as the season as a whole they're still playing very solid baseball overall i still think it's safe to say that they're the favorites in section one because of who they have and how much depth they have out of those guys as well but they're vulnerable we, we understand that losses. there's that's what they started the season with though yeah too and then rolled the 17 straight wins so it happens. It's baseball. I mean, five errors yesterday. That's yeah. That that's inexcusable. where yeah. If you're gonna win baseball games, you know you can't win with five errors because only two of the runs were earned uh, between Rutherford and Sites last night. So, I mean, that's really where you know you shot yourself in the foot. Uh, but I mean, they got Jefferson tonight. So I mean, that's a huge game. Musselman Jefferson. Uh, you know two teams that have maybe potentially flipped if jefferson gets a win you're all of a sudden looking at jefferson as the number one team i think in, in the, the area oh again. yeah yeah so some people already are i mean the way they've been playing especially since you just brought up the fact that musselman's now lost three straight and jefferson night in night out the offense is exploding on all levels and it's a true jefferson team I mean, 15 like runs expected, last yeah. night for the Cougars, so they had 10 hits, and uh, they took advantage of a lot of Frankfurt mistakes. You know, five errors on the Frankfurt side and only three hits uh, for Frankfurt as well, and that was a team that they only beat 3-2 to two to open yeah, up the Yeah, we've said it before. You cannot have those mistakes against Jefferson. So if Musselman goes out and has another five-error game, 
Jefferson's going to kill them. We know this through and through. It doesn't matter who they're playing. You have, even if it's just one mistake and it's not even error, it's just a mental mistake, Jefferson's going to find a way to capitalize on it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They always do. That. That's just how they've always played. And, you know, I mean, that's a sign of a good baseball team. Typically, Jefferson's not the one that makes those mistakes. I mean, they had a lot of walks last night, but they uh, responded from those walks given up. So. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see how it goes down tonight. I don't know who will be pitching for each side, but should be. Yeah, I mean for Jefferson. Riley well, what that's I don't think that's going to happen because if you looked at last night's game changer where they took on Frankfurt, uh, Frankfurt, uh, it started with two innings from Gross. He pitched 40 pitches. Hefner pitched three innings, 34 pitches, and Duncan pitched the. Uh, with 14 pitches so it'll be interesting to see we talked about this yesterday how they're going to spread out their pitching uh, but 34 pitches I think is it 30 or below you need one less that you don't have to rest yeah I believe and they've been yeah. kind of doing it's 30 or above really the last few weeks because in the Greenbrier game you know Riley threw two innings Daquan threw an inning Duncan threw an inning Lewis threw three so I mean they have the pitching depth to spread it out throughout the week Whoever gets the start may only go one or two innings for Jefferson tonight because they're trying to stretch out their pitching. But also with it being a conference game and us being pretty close to the voting. But again, then how much does it really mean to Jefferson? I mean, obviously they want to go out and win, but they already know their spot. They're going to be number one in their section. I don't think anybody has any doubt about that. So. It, it, it'll, I don't know. It's a tough decision. I mean, I think they're going to play it, you know, how they normally play, which is to win and yeah. uh, give it their full effort. But I'll be interested to see how they use their pitching because, like we said, I mean, they got a lot of games this week. They got to keep those arms fresh. But they've found ways to kind of use different pitchers in different roles throughout the year. So it's been interesting to see. It definitely has been other games going on tonight. Uh, Spring Mills hosts Washington there in EPAC game. Hedgesville travels to East Hardy, so we'll see what East Hardy can do against Hedgesville tonight. And then tonight on Talk Radio, WRNR, Comcast Channel 10, WRNR TV on YouTube. We'll have a regional baseball action here as Martinsburg hosts Hampshire. Pre-game coverage begins at 640 with first pitch at 7 p.m. Rubenthal will be on the mound for Martinsburg as – they tried to get a regional win against Hampshire tonight and continue improving their record. They're sitting at fourteen and eight now. I believe they're only get, they only have, including tonight's game, I think they only have what five games remaining on the season. So they're twenty. They're going to play twenty-seven games. Yeah, unless yeah. they decide to try to add somebody somewhere. I guess in the final week week and a half left I, of the, I, the season. only reason it's i don't think no, that happens tough. is and because of rise weber being hurt and then yeah, brown and that's being why hurt. we know this coming weekend they took yeah they were gonna play 29 off. yeah they were going to play 29 but they had to take off games instead of add on games because they want to make sure everybody's healthy and have more time of rest for the team overall because there's a few guys specifically that spencer just listed off that are injured and guys that overall probably do need rest or even if they're not going to be available by the postseason, you don't want more guys added to that list. Right. Yeah. I mean, they could, or they would really benefit from having, obviously, Brown and Risenweber back because you're starting to see, you know, Lupus and Boober really get into a role. I mean, uh, they have pitched 
you know, even better than they did at the beginning of the year as of late. So, you know, those two guys are clearly your your one two aces. I think Owen Rupenthal's been a present uh a pleasant surprise for them at times. I don't know if they expected him to be as good as he has been as kind of that number three guy. So in order for Martinsburg though, I think to compete with a Musselman or a Jefferson um come playoff time or even Hedgesville even though they've already, you know, beat Hedgesville so far and they have a chance to beat Musselman, of course, here pretty soon. Um, and they've beaten Jefferson. But I think the way these teams have played, you know, since then has changed. Uh, they're going to need the pitching depth to be, you know, at full strength. And if they don't have those guys, I think that hurts them. Yeah, yeah. if it was single elimination, i disagree. But you have to remember and take into account this is a double elimination tournament for both sectionals and regionals whoever gets there so you need more than those two pitchers i think you're completely i think at the high school level it really does come down to your pitching Mm -hmm. defense even more so than any other level because if you're like we saw last night you know musselman has a better team than east hardy you know lineup wise and everything but their their defense let them down and if your defense lets you down you're not going to win and you're, you're more likely to see you know, three, four, five errors in a high school game than in a pro or college game. Yeah, that you are. We'll step aside now for our first break. Segment sponsored in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford, and Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk about some summer baseball with the post-14 Hornets that will carry on our TV and airwaves this summer. They announced the 18-man roster last night. Manager Trip Tobin did. We'll talk about that, plus a lot more high school news. Uh, high school basketball, Washington officially names their new head coach. Uh, plus, high school basketball all-star game. Plus, uh, Shepard bas- baseball player called up to the big leagues. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest-growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stephen Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. 
The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Summertime is finally here. That old ballpark. Well, it's almost here. Not here yet, unfortunately. Yeah, it's like 50 degrees outside. Uh, yeah, but at the end of the week, it'll be better. Uh, Berkeley Post 14 Hornets. This weekend. <laughs> Just like when it was a brisk 87 degrees last week. Shut up. <laughs> all right. Uh, Berkeley Post 14 Hornets going to be in action here on TV 10 all summer long. The senior team, the 19U team, 18-member team was announced last night via Trip Tobin, the manager. Uh, we'll start with players that are currently in college. And the biggest headline, I would say, and this was a late edition. This was actually like a week ago edition uh, confirmed over the last couple of days. Griffin Horowitz, who wanted to play last summer, but he had to go, he had to, go to, I don't know exactly what it is. He had to go to his Army West Point. You know, he was gone like yeah, mid. Yeah, he had to enroll early. Yeah, he had to enroll early or go for the summer. Uh, he will return to the Panhandle and play for the post-14 Hornets this summer. Uh, Chase Herndon, uh, who's at WV Tech, will play as well. Connor Bailey at Fairmont State comes home to play. Bra- uh, Braden Stoudemire will play as well. Uh, somebody else that's currently in college as I'm going down here. I believe it's Ty Broughton, who's currently at Hood College, will play. Those are the returning members that are under the age of 19 or 19 or under that are going to play for the post-14 Hornets this summer. And uh, we'll start with the rest of the roster here. Carson Buber, 2024 uncommitted. Um, oh, did I mention Connor Bailey from Fairmont State? I think you I did s- not. I think I skipped over. Connor Bailey at Fairmont State will be on the roster as well. Uh, Landon Sifford committed to Frederick Community College will be on the roster. Jason Myers, Muscleman class of 2024, on the roster. Cam Moore, going to Fairmont State to play, will be on the roster. Dylan Stevens, going to Shepard, will be on the roster. Con- uh, Colin Reed, who's uncommitted, which he's got to have options. I just don't think he's made his decision yet, I feel like. Which time's winding down. I mean, yeah. the school year's uh month away from being over so a little surprising that he has he's will, going to the g league <laughs> he will be on on the team trevor Bohr will make the team as well jackson ruest Braden connor braylon connor excuse me both uncommitted from hedges will be on there uh jordan canby potomac state commit for martinsburg michael lupus uncommitted will be on there lane delauder the commit the jmu commit will be on and then baden hartman who we have learned uh is uncommitted because he wants to play baseball in college. It's a little wrinkle that's happened recently. Yeah, he was originally committed to play football at Bethany, yeah. but uh, his 
decided to de- commit from that because he wants to continue and play baseball. So, but that's the 18-man roster for the 19U, the senior team. The junior, the 17U team will have another 18 players, I believe, from the EPAC. A lot of uh, younger guys. I'm trying to think of who's the guy from Hedgesville that's going to be on there. Uh, Pedersen. Yeah, yeah, Brett Pedersen, I believe, was confirmed to be on that team. Uh, and then, uh, you know, those are just the people that we have heard. But that's the Berkeley Post 14 Hornets senior league team that we will have on the uh, TV side for you as well as radio. He might be playing for them as well, potentially. Uh, I don't remember. We'll see. He might be playing for the 17. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. We we say it during the games that post-14 is the premier team. I think that goes to show you. And and you hear that roster, it is loaded with the top talent in the area, period, end of story. And it might be arguably one of the most loaded rosters in a while even though they've had a lot of talent in this area, the guys that Spencer just listed off, I think eventually all of them will be committed somewhere to play college baseball at any level. Yeah. Yeah. And there's guys that currently are and are doing really well for each of those teams. Yeah, I mean, Braden Stoudemire is a true freshman. You know, Mm -hmm. he's taking some you know tough lumps there at Shepard, but he's getting his playing time, which is big. Yeah, I mean, it's a talented team, and I think last year's team was pretty talented. It's pretty similar to last year's roster. They were just a little bit younger last year. So having a lot of those guys back I think will help them. They lose a few key pieces that uh, aged out, but, uh, you know, they're still a loaded team like usual. I mean, this is an area that has a ton of talent. And um, they'll still have, you know, a few guys next year returning from this year's team, and Myers and Boober will both be back at least. Uh, then you got to figure some of these, you know, guys that are and now with going the addition of the seventeen U uh, and the younger team there, they'll be able to, uh, you know, build kind of like a farm system up to the the uh, top level team there, the nineteen U and. And, uh, you know, they'll have a bunch of kids that are kind of coming through the system and playing a lot of baseball together, which will help the uh, senior team. I think that's exciting. And uh, just overall, I mean, the talent around here in baseball is, uh, you know, top level in the state, I think. And, um, you know, it's great to see and so many kids getting an opportunity to play college baseball. Uh you know, is always awesome, and I mean, a lot of them are getting you know D two offers, which is really good, and some are even potentially D one guys. So, um, you know, we'll see. Yeah, before we switch gears to other high school, uh, we'll talk high school basketball mainly here. Uh, we'll talk uh, former Shepherd All American outfielder Brenton Doyle. He was recalled yesterday by the Colorado Rockies from AAA Albuquerque Isotopes. Uh, he got the start in center, f- center field last night for the Rockies, who unfortunately went 0 for 3 at the plate, but he did have a walk, and he did come around to score on that rock. The Rockies blanked the Guardians 6-0. He was the fourth-round pick of the Rockies in 2019, 129th overall, the first D2 player drafted in the, that draft. He was a two-time All-American for the Rams, MEC Player of the Year 2018-2019. He's the first former Shepherd baseball player to be on a major league roster since Charles Lefty Willis played for the Philadelphia Athletics. Almost 100 years ago, 1925 to 1927. So uh, shout out to Brenton Doyle, the Warrington, Virginia native, but Shepard alum, the All-American from Shepard. 
Yeah, I think that goes to show for any of the EPAC uh, players that are going to play Division Two, especially in baseball. Though, um, you know, baseball is a sport where the draft one is you know a lot of rounds uh, typically, and they'll also though find you if you have the talent that they think can make it into the minor leagues. And if you make the minor leagues, you know, from there it's all about how you progress. But um, there's opportunities for you, so. You know, don't give up on your dream. And if uh, there's an opportunity to play D2 or D3 um, and you think that maybe down the line you never know what can happen if you uh, develop into that kind of player. So, you know, Brennan's a great uh, representation of that. But there's been many guys throughout the history of baseball that didn't come from the biggest school but, you know, ended up playing in the majors and having success. So uh, just a great example of that. Yeah, congrats to Doyle. Hopefully his uh, time continues to uh, go in the Rockies and that he has some success. Maybe we'll see if he's in the uh, lineup today as it's not been submitted. Yeah. Uh, Moving on now back to high school sports. Go over to Jefferson County. The Jefferson County Board of Education approved Ryan Miller to be the head boys basketball coach at Washington High School last night at their monthly board meeting. He stays in the county as he resigned from the same position at Wildwood Middle School uh, that becomes official yesterday, and uh, Washington has a new head coach. He will join us tomorrow live in studio on the Sports Mix at 12.15. Uh, we'll be able to talk to him about a staff. We've been hearing some things about a staff. Actually, I guess technically I can, we can talk about one because it was on Facebook last night that I did see um, that I sent to you guys. Yeah, Coach uh, Church um, has an assistant that will now be Kyle Van Meter. Uh, I believe he was a JV coach over there at Hedgesville. Uh, he will join Ryan Miller's staff at Washington. Cool thing about this is both of those guys are Hedgesville alums. So that Kelly Church coaching tree in high school continues. Yeah, and uh, excited to talk to Ryan about what he plans to bring to Washington. Uh, because like we said, you know they've had inconsistencies with who's been the coach for pretty much all their sports so if uh you know ryan miller can come in and uh bring that at the very least i think that would help the washington boys basketball program tremendously to have a guy that's around for more than two three seasons you know somebody that's there for four or five who knows how long but you know a consistent coach that can be in there and, and what can he bring to this group uh Obviously, he had a lot of success at the middle school level, but that was a very talented, you know, Jefferson middle school roster. So we'll see if that success transitions. Not that Washington doesn't have talent. I think they have a lot of good young talent on their team. Just having yeah, I mean, really look at Dolman. Dolman last year yeah, made yeah. the the all conference as a freshman. Uh, one thing that I want to talk to him about is, you know, because I'm assuming he teaches at Wildwood. That's my presumption. We'll have to talk to him. I don't know, obviously, a lot. But is he going to move over to the to Washington to teach? Because I feel like being a head coach for a varsity team, you have to at least at some point or have your assistants. Somebody's got to be in the classroom. It helps, certainly, yeah. Like, I believe last week that uh, June, uh, was it last week or the week prior? Yeah, when, when Coach Lowry was yeah. on with um – Rob on Eastern Panhandle Talk in the morning, he talked about how he's been retired for a few years, but he still has guys within the program that are still in the school system to keep an eye on his players, making sure their grades are up to the 
level they need to be, uh, making sure that their work's done on time. It's more than just being a coach. Yeah. You have to have so many different aspects of it than just in that sport. You, and you I have think to it, make sure that the kids are being successful in the classroom as well. It helps to get kids out for the team, too, because if you have mm-hmm. a teacher that you like, and uh, not so much in basketball, because basketball is kind of like that sport, like if you're going to play, you're going to play, but for football and stuff like that, where maybe you're just like have athletes, that you're like, hey, you could come join the football ball. I mean, if you have like a six foot five kid that's just walking around the hallway and he's not playing hoops, it's like, hey, you know. You like me I'll as work a teacher, you, yeah. I'll work with you, and, and we'll get you ready to, to make a, a impact for the team. And, I mean, I think that helps just having a, a guy that's in the school. But it, it's not a necessity necessarily, but it, it definitely is beneficial, and I'm sure a lot of coaches feel that way as well. So, um, you know, we'll talk to him, but obviously they have to have a job for him too. So yeah. I don't know what the situation is there at Jefferson. One could just. Or, I'm sorry, Washington. One could just presume there's probably some open teaching positions there. Probably. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk now. The uh, WVADA, I believe that's the Athletic Directors Association North South All Star Boys and Girls Basketball Classics, coming to South Charleston Community Center in Charles, South Charleston on Friday, June 9th. A uh, couple of representatives from the Eastern Panhandle Athletic Conference, Will Shively from Jefferson and Cam Wilkes from Hedgesville. Join the likes of Cam Dancer from Morgantown, uh, Austin Reeves from Park South, Brody Davis, the uh, Shepherd commit from Morgantown, uh, just to name a few guys that are going to be on that roster. They'll be coached by Amrit Rayfield of Elkins and Tom Searles of South Harrison. That's obviously the North roster, as this is categorized as the North here in this area. Uh, but uh, shout out to them for making that roster. And on the girls' side, Mackenzie Brezovic makes the roster from Jefferson. And uh, I don't know if invites were turned down by anybody else, but you would think maybe they would have someone from Spring Mills on Isn't that it just All-Star seniors? Team? No. I don't know. I thought it was. I think it can be anybody else. I think. I thought it maybe was just seniors. It could just be seniors. I don't know. That's usually how All-Star teams That's work. True. Yeah. So that could be why maybe nobody from Spring Mills was offered. Yeah. But you would think, right? If well, it wasn't if all seniors. Not all seniors, yeah. but if it is all seniors, then no. I wouldn't think that. Necessarily. That's true. Uh, but uh, that was those came out yesterday. And uh, also the Parmar shootout, the 2024 Parmar shootout. We saw in 2023 that Jefferson participated down at West Virginia State in, I believe, Dunbar Institute, West Virginia. Uh, yesterday, we get the uh, release from WVU Prep Basketball. They're uh, on everything high school basketball here in the Mountain State. I'd give them a follow, WVU Prep BB on Twitter. Uh, they, via them, the Parmar store shootout schedule was released. And uh, Jefferson won't be in it next year, but Martinsburg will be in it next year. The latter two days of the tournament, uh, Wednesday, February 7th, they'll take on George Washington at 8.30 p.m. from West Virginia State University. And then on Thursday, they'll take on, I believe, Capitol High School. That will be a 2 p.m. contest. Uh, but uh, Martinsburg will be in the Parmar shootout uh, at West Virginia State in 2024, already getting announced. Yeah, it's cool, good for uh, Martinsburg to be involved in that. And if memory serves me well, I think those are the same two schools Jefferson played in this year's Parmar shootout. I, I, I know, know I'm putting everybody GW. on the spot here. 
I know they played I, GW. I thought they played both Capital and GW, so. Let me double check here quickly while you're trying to put me on the spot. Kyle. I know. I, I apologize for that, but nonetheless, it's going to be a good thing for Martinsburg to get to play teams from you around could be right. Oh, South Charleston. South yeah, Charleston. Okay, I was, close. I was close. Yeah. Capital, South Charleston, I mean. They're not too far apart, right? right? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that will do it here for this segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store. And I guess get your Traegers at Orsini's. Go to Orsini's.com at 360 Hack Wilson Way. Uh, For more, we'll be back after this break. We will break down the Aaron Rodgers massive deal that went down yesterday. Uh, Mel Kuyper lists his final prospects for the 23. NFL draft. We'll talk where uh, the Shepherd Ramps that are in the draft are ranked. Plus, we'll uh, talk about our mock draft that we did. A, we did one yesterday, but with the dra- trade and draft picks, we had to redo one earlier this morning. So we'll talk about that after this two minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRN TV. Then back in two minutes. I can still hear the sound of you saying, "Don't go." Have you been smoking? Uh, I can smell it. Hickory. I'm going to watch you smoke the whole pack. Shut now and save at Orsini's today. Have you been smoking? Uh, I can smell it. Hickory. I'm going to watch you smoke the whole pack. Shut now and save at Orsini's today. You can play, work, and explore without joint pain. Whether it's a strain, sprain, or fracture, WV Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine can help you live without joint pain. Our expert team of surgeons offer the exceptional care you expect for the injuries you don't. Specializing in joint replacement, sports and traumatic injuries, hip and knee disorders, foot and ankle surgery, hand and wrist surgery, and shoulder reconstruction. Call 304-725-BONE today to learn how you can live without joint pain. Now's the time to talk with John's Pool Supplies about opening your pool. Or maybe it's time for a new above-ground or in-ground pool. John's Pool Supplies, 237 Eagle School Road, has over 30 years of experience and a large selection of products, services, and supplies for your pool or hot tub. From custom liner installation and pool inspection to free water testing, call John's Pool Supplies at 304-267-2000. JohnsPoolSupplies.com. Shenandoah Community Health continues to offer COVID vaccinations and clinics each Saturday throughout the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. The COVID vaccinations and boosters are free to anybody age 12 and up. To find out more, call 304-263-4999 or visit Shenandoah Community Health's website. Get your COVID vaccination or booster free to anybody age 12 and up at any of the Saturday clinics hosted by Shenandoah Community Health in the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. Call 304-263-4999 today. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here. And uh, the trade, not official yet, but it was reported yesterday for Aaron Rodgers, the long-awaited trade. Uh, what, has it been like two months awaited? It 
feels like longer. Uh, but it won't come become official, I believe, until draft night when the trades come up or when the picks come up. Um, but let me see if I can. Where is the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here it is. According to Adam Schefter, trade compensation, the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, the 15th pick in this year's draft, a 2023 fifth round pick, which is pick number 70. The Packers get this year's number 13th pick. A 2023 second round pick, number 42 overall. The sixth round, 07 overall. A conditional second round pick in 2024. That if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays, it becomes a first. And then that's the compensation for Aaron Rodgers, who will, in fact, not wear number 12 of Joe Namath, even though Joe Namath has apparently let him. They've talked, and apparently Joe Namath has let him do it. He will wear the number he wore at Cal, number 8. Yeah. Think about this trade finally going down and the compensation that it took. Well, I think it's a win for both teams. I think for the Jets, they only move back two picks and they still get Rodgers. So, I mean, to get to keep at least one first-round pick uh, was really, I think, the thing that was holding this trade back for the Jets was that they didn't want to move out of the first round completely. Uh, but obviously the Packers wanted a first-round pick for Aaron Rodgers, even though maybe at this point – in his career with not knowing how long the guy's going to play anymore uh he may not be worth a first round pick but it's potential now that the packers get two first round picks i think it's a win for both teams um obviously rogers wasn't going to come back and play for the packers next year the jets were desperate for a quarterback they weren't really in line to get one in the draft maybe hooker but i mean that would have been a reach at 13 and if they traded up that probably wasn't going to happen. So uh, I think this was the best case scenario for them to potentially put together a competitive team that's going to finish maybe second or third in the division. Yeah, it's a huge risk for the Jets in a competitive division, and you're giving up. I mean, first-round pick. Yeah, but you 13. only moved back two picks, so I think that's a win for them. Yeah, yeah. so you still keep that. But, so basically then you're losing the second-round pick and then most likely your first-round pick next year well, that's like, but 65 percent yeah the snaps but next so year, right no it's this year oh this yeah. year oh. if rogers plays 65 percent of the like plays, next season is this upcoming season which right. he's going okay. to yeah, but, right. but there's no way unless he gets in that's what i'm saying rogers but it's not i thought that meant if he was it's not the worst thing in the world for the jets because say you know we didn't see a great rogers last year he was hurt right for some reason if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt this year, they're not on the hook for a first-round pick, which I think is the big thing. But if Aaron Rodgers plays out to the way they want him to play out to, then they're on the hook for that first-round pick. But it's if he doesn't, it's a second-round pick, pick. If, you know, if he's any good and they're able to make the playoffs. I still think it's a risk because we know of his age, and we also know now that this is going to be a very toxic quarterback room because of Zach Wilson and if they don't get rid of Zach Wilson it's going to stay that way he said so himself if they sign a veteran and bring him in he's going to make that guy's life no matter who it is a living hell well, I the think entire season. maybe was implying in that was that he was gonna push him so hard to be the starter you know I, think I don't think he's pushing Aaron Rodgers well that, that's the thing I don't know who Zach Wilson thinks he is yeah um but I wouldn't really worry about it too much. I think yeah. for the Jets, aren't they like the longest tenured team without a playoff appearance or something like that? So, you know, they're just desperate for some sort of success. Yes. And that's why it's worth the risk 
you know, Woody Johnson, the owner, is getting older. Uh, he wants to see a winner. They haven't won anything since, you know, Super Bowl three. So, I mean, that's that's the perspective from the Jets now. I don't think any of us really think they're going to go out there and win the Super Bowl. But Aaron Rodgers is, you know, j- just a year removed from being a back-to-back MVP. If he returns to that level of play, then they're in the conversation. I mean, if if he's MVP caliber Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, they're in the conversation to come out of the AFC, which is absolutely loaded, but throw him into the mix i mean it makes it that much more difficult so we'll see i mean based on how he played last year i would think that it's not going to work out especially because the jets are kind of a similarly built roster to what the packers had last year it's a very young offense uh with talent but they're young so we'll see Uh, their defense is better than the packers i think overall they have sauce gardner who we know had a great season last year um I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by this move. I think it certainly will be uh, exciting, but also Rodgers hasn't been committed to an off-season workout. So, you know, he's not going to probably do that with the Jets either. So, you know, when's he going to get in the room to work with these young receivers and his new weapons will be important, I think, for this team to have any success next year. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. Let's move on now. My, Mel Kuyper, ESPN's Mel Kuyper, draft expert. Released his, what do you call it, the final rankings, I guess? Yeah, his final Final prospects. draft rankings of the rankings, top prospects. Yeah. and uh, All the prospects. Yes, all the prospects. They list them 1 to 150. Yeah, he only he didn't go the full top 300 or whatever like he did this time. Whatever. He stopped at 150 and then still did each position. But 138, Shepard O'Lyman, Joey Fisher, and then ranking at every position – Tyson Bajant still ranked number 15th of all the quarterbacks out of 15. Um, but then they have the best of the rest. So he's, you know, above guys like Adrian Martinez from Kansas State. Uh, you know, just other Division One guys that are in there. Running backs, Ronnie Brown named best of the rest, which, Colin, you said, what was it going to be? So if the best of the rest is actually in ranking order, he'd be the third of the best of the rest, which puts him at the 38th best running back out of the guys in Mel Kuyper's opinion. So you look at that and you're like, is he going to get drafted? Probably not. Because do we really think that there's going to be 38-plus running backs drafted? But as we mentioned before, you know, Mel Kuyper does not speak for the entire NFL. Exactly. So just because he has him as the 38th doesn't mean the Cincinnati Bengals don't have him as the the 12th. I mean, who knows? what uh, a team might be looking at with these guys so you know it's tough to judge I mean Kuyper's obviously considered an expert uh, but is he an expert because he's you know actually knows what every team's going to do no it's because he's entertaining number one Uh, he does watch all this college football and, and he somewhat knows what he's talking about but you know the the classic who the hell is Mel Kuyper anyway I mean like he's just some guy that grew up in Baltimore and would come to the Colts practices and like he has no NFL experience working in a a locker room or as a GM front office guy you know he's just some guy you know it's like if Colin McLaughlin decided to be an NFL draft expert he could become one yeah 
what really makes you a draft expert you just sit down you're doing watch it i guess football. time and time again right yeah and studying the but film he never gets every pick out. right that's very true yeah. nobody will nobody will exactly yeah it's impossible uh, but joey just fisher like getting ranked, a perfect bracket joey March fisher Madness. ranked 11th overall among offensive tackles which i feel like at that point means in that percentage he's going to get drafted according to this yeah, I mean, at some point his in the stock draft, just continues to rise every second of the day. I feel like I can't remember what it was. What did we say he was whenever we looked at this last two ninety two? Two ninety two was where he was. It was right, the same. I don't know. That if was, that was before Piper's pro day. ranking or whose ranking that was. But, but that was, was also on... before pro day. Uh, no, it was after pro no, day. It was after pro day. It might not have been updated. Oh. And you might be right that it wasn't Mel Kuyper's. Yeah, but he's clearly high on. Joey, so that he is. We'll we'll find out this weekend for sure, starting on Thursday night. But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap things up and talk about our mock draft of the first round on this uh, final segment coming up for the Tuesday edition of the Sports Mix. Back in two minutes. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back and forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. Nats fans, the party is just getting started at Nats Park as the 2023 season is underway. They sit down the line, extra bases into the corner. Bring your Natitude and cheer on Joey, CJ, Josiah, and all your favorite Nats players this spring. See you later. While you enjoy a beautiful day at the ballpark with cold drinks, great food, and unbelievable giveaways. Visit Nats.com slash tickets and join the fun. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. 
Brought to you in part by the Marius Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue or call 304-263-4343. I finally got that back in my head. Good job. After that couple of days that were very try or t- uh, bad trying to do them. All right. We got about five or so minutes left on today's edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, let's talk about our mock draft that we, we originally created one yesterday after the show. And then after this Aaron Rodgers news came down, we're like, well, that kind of maybe changes where things go because guys might not be available. They might be available. So two picks changes a lot. So we went back and redid them. Uh, we did it one, two, and three. I believe Nick was one. I was two and Colin was three. Yes. Yes. Yeah. NFL draft experts, Nick Verzellini, Spencer Dupuy, and Colin McLaughlin's <laughs> latest mock draft. As a Just final mock draft. Because we don't want to pay to do anymore. Right. Yeah. No trades because we didn't want to pay to trade either. But uh, you got Bryce Young going number one there. Um, I think it's interesting. I, I mean, the Texans, what are they going to do it too? Everybody's thinking Will Anderson Jr. That's what I did. I, I'm thinking with the rest of the people right now. Uh, but uh, it's pretty interesting to see how, where Will Levis is sitting and, and then how long will C.J. Stroud go to the Colts. That's the real interesting thing. I think there's a few things toward the top. One, like you said, well, are the Texans going to take a quarterback or are they going to go with the – best player on the board which is either anderson or carter and then if carter falls because of his off the field issues a lot of people are saying that may not be an issue because they've met with jalen carter they seem to like him but um who knows you know draft night could always change how these guys fall uh in terms of the local or regional teams you know we got washington taking a corner we got baltimore all three of them taking a corner so that's true, yeah. Uh, we didn't even do it like that. Not but. intentionally, but we just realized it. Yeah, it seems like everybody in the area needs a corner. Yeah, Pittsburgh could go round. O-line. They could go a few different routes. They could go receiver as well. But got the got the Steelers drafting Joey Porter Jr. I think everybody, that's the kind of unanimous Yeah, I, I mean, right I'd now. like him in Washington. Last time I mean, we drafted I would. a Penn State guy was a pretty good success. Yeah, last on year. On the offensive John end. Dotson. Yeah. Um, Bijan Robinson falls to the Bucks at at nineteen. Yeah, I don't know if I really see him falling that low. I I, I think we all agree that he goes top twenty. I, I honestly think he'll somehow go top fifteen. I, I don't see him falling out of top fifteen. It's just tough because how much do these teams value the running back position? I mean, you know, traditionally when you've taken a running back high, it really doesn't work out that well. I know Saquon Barkley worked out, but uh, still very injury. You know, a lot of injuries throughout his career, and same thing with Zeke, Ezekiel yeah. Elliott. You know, the beginning of his career was great, but what'd you get? Five, six good years out of him. So, and again, as we said, we're, we're, we didn't do trades, so obviously things probably will shift. I know oh, yeah. for some reason Henry, Derek Henry's on the market as a running back. So if a team goes for him, they're not going to be picking a running back. Zeke Elliott's still out there. But, I mean, that's Barkley, the thing. Derek Henry know. was a second round pick. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah, I think Robinson, you know, is a tremendous talent, but the running back position has really lost its value. Yeah. And while talent-wise, he's probably a top five player in this draft, you might only get four or five good years out of the guy, and then who knows, he may not be the same. So, you know, it's it's tough to really gauge that, but I think eventually teams are going to probably say, the talent's too good for us to pass up here. we got to take him. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you on that, but that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, we'll have EPAC, or excuse me, regional action in baseball tonight as Martinsburg hosts um, 
Hampshire. That's a 7 p.m. first pitch, 640 pregame show. And then we'll join the Nats on the radio following the conclusion of the game as it's their first game in New York to take on the Mets. And then tomorrow on the show, remember, we'll have Ryan Miller, head new head boys basketball coach at Washington at 1215, then 1230-ish. Uh, Travis Bajan will come in once again to preview tomorrow night's pooling for the Rams fundraiser from the Mountaineer Pub, which we'll have live on the air from 6 to 9 p.m. tomorrow night. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tonight at 640 and tomorrow on another, another edition of the Sports Mix. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. Coverage. Talk Radio. WRNR. Martinsburg.